like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm so excited because I have two of my very favorite people, personally and professionally speaking, (laughs) on the podcast with me this time. Laura Spillman is here and Elena Kopp is here. Um, Laura, you go first. Tell people about you. Oh, hi. She's um, eating I'm ice Laura, cream. And I'm eating my favorite chocolate chip cookie dough <laughs> ice cream. Um, well, I am celebrating my 35th year in early childhood. Woo! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've done a myriad of things in my career. Um, I am currently a director for La Petite Academy here in Evansville. Um, it is a managed care site for the uh, one of the local hospitals here, so we only serve hospital employees. Um, but I've, I've done a lot of training, a lot of technical assistance. I've worked predominantly in the infant toddler field um, for about 14 years. So that's just a little bit about me. I still love doing podcasts. I still love doing presentations. So <laughs> we just love talking. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Elena, your turn. All right, great. Thank you. My name's Elena, and I have been in ECE for 20 years now. Woohoo! Yeah. Old. I know. It's, I'm getting up there. Um, most of my years have been with toddlers. Um, they are my absolute favorite people. Um, right now, I am working at an at-work site at a university, so 99% of our clientele um, are children of professors and the like um but yeah i get to spend every day with 10 little sweet faces and i love it yay (laughs) so um people who've listened before know that laura and i have known each other for a long time elena and i have worked together um several years ago for a while uh uh, she worked in she was an infant teacher in the center where i was the director Mm -hmm. and then she went on to be a director and um now I'm working with toddlers, which is, I think, where she belongs, even though I thought she was a great director. So 
So anyway, I'm very happy to be back in the classroom. Yay. Me too. Um, That's a whole other podcast though. It was an adjustment for me when I went back into the classroom. It was a huge adjustment, yeah, but, but that's I'm, all. I'm grateful for it. But yeah, me too. Me too. Whole other topic. Okay. So we're going to um, start, I'm going to read the quote and then I'll kind of talk about uh, why I decided it would be great to get Laura and Elena together to talk about this. Um, so this is from a book called Babies in the Rain by Jeff Johnson. And the quote is, I've met too many caregivers who feel that they're the center of a child's learning universe because they are the teacher. The focus revolves around what they are doing to make learning happen. The best teachers set the stage and then fade into the background, making themselves available when needed. We have to remember that we are not leading the dance. Mm. So I I like this quote because I've been getting lots of um, messages and emails from people who are trying to do, um, you know, they want to do good things for toddlers and they're having a difficult time shifting from the mindset and the, the strategies they used with preschool children now that they're down with one and two year olds. So mm-hmm. that's exactly right. It's not watered <laughs> down preschool at all. And I yeah. think that's where the struggle comes from is because we think about as a whole, the school system mm-hmm. and there are certain ways that we teach in that system and one year olds who are just out of infancy do not learn that way. <laughs> yeah. And and adults get frustrated then because what they're trying isn't working because it I always, what they need. I always kind of thought that it seemed odd to me that the minute um really a, a baby turns twelve months old, like all of a sudden all these expectations changed. So like just because we stopped snapping up their you know, pants, you know, in the crotch or whatever. And they started having like an actual button and real shoes. And all of a sudden, like we were making them do all these unrealistic things like sit and listen to a circle time and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden get on this really rigid schedule where in most infant rooms, uh, hopefully you're on, the babies have their own schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I eat when I want, I sleep when I want, I do what I want, when I want kind of thing. And I think teachers think like all of a sudden they're in this toddler room. It, it's like boot camp all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> yes. And boot camp for just, the real world, Laura. For yeah. the real world. Oh, we are man. Not they just don't function that way. <laughs> they still have that need to have those individual needs met and not to be on this, you know, crazy schedule now some of them naturally get there they naturally start taking one nap a day and and all of that but it just seems like there's no there's no transition it's Mm -hmm. just you're in the infant room where it's all snuggly and you can do whatever you want and then you go in the toddler room and it's like that's not the way we work you know right and it's a very hard transition it's a super hard transition infants and I mean, it, it takes an adjustment. Um, I would say on average, infants to toddlers, um, I have seen the transition take a month or longer mm-hmm. for them to say, oh, this yep. is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of places, and I want to get to the idea of the dance, and, and I want to specifically, Elena, ask you some stuff here in a minute, but you know what what is even more mind-boggling to me is the the places that start training their babies for the one-year-old room yeah like put them on a cot 
-hmm. suddenly because in a month you're going to have to move over to that room and um, start using the the same sippy cup they use in the one-year-old room and all that kind of like training them to get ready to be in so it's it's not even that the the adjustment starts to take place once they've moved it's again this idea of so now we're watering down toddlerhood for babies because we're gonna be toddlers someday yeah i think it's that whole like getting ready for mindset Mm -hmm. that we're not that we're not just present with children that we're always getting ready for the next thing we're getting ready to go to the toddler room getting ready to go to the two-year-old room Mm -hmm. why don't we just value where they are right now and just be there just be there yeah so I've I've heard it uh caring for infants and for toddlers compared to a dance a lot Mm -hmm. and um I I don't dance so I don't really know other than that, maybe we're following each other's lead. Like when you go this way, I go this way. And then I come back this way and you come back this way. You guys are dancers. Talk to me about that. Why is it a dance? Toddler dancing is the best dancing in the world. Oh my God. And all you do is stand there and mimic what they do. <laughs> I know. And it's beautiful. And they feel that beat. Uh-huh. We've all seen that those videos of like the aerobics class where everybody just does what a toddler is doing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's like the most intense workout they've ever had because they're yeah. just doing everything, all the movements. Um, okay. So Elena, would you talk, talk to us about what your day with toddlers looks like? And you're talking, you're with one-year-old specifically, right? Or like a younger toddler? Um, I am in a one-year-old classroom. Um, Currently, five out of ten children are, well, the fifth one is about to be two on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I'll have five two-year-olds and five Mm one-year-olds. So it is an older class right now, but on average, the class is from 12 to 24 months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I interrupt for just a second? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, because I want to acknowledge that um, if for, for programs that are doing like a continuity of care, these transitions might not, are probably not as drastic. And we know that this doesn't describe every program, but I think there's still a majority of programs who have this age division. Yes. And yeah, so I just wanted to acknowledge that. And move. Okay, so Elena, what's your day like? <laughs> Well, we do have a daily schedule, and for the most part, it's based around meal times um, because we know that our meals are on the same schedule as the rest of the age groups, barring the infants, of course. Um, and so we have snack at 9.30, and then we do quote-unquote um, activities with them, and we free play. However, in the toddler world, it all just kind of looks like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's um, one, one place where a lot of people get – one of the most difficult things is for the people who have to do like a lesson plan – um, and they're thinking about activities for toddlers. And that is a hard thing to do because they don't, um, you know, they're not going to all sit at the table and make a recognizable product like some people think of when they're thinking of of an activity or a lesson plan kind of thing. So um, I think help people think of it more instead of activities, but just experiences with, it, mm-hmm. with toddlers. And just that helps with because when I think of activities I always think there's sort of the like this end result so a lot of times when I'm talking with my toddler teachers 
I talk about them giving them experiences Mm -hmm. and, you know, what experience is it that we're going to be, you know, doing today. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, our schedules are kind of broken out into chunks. So like here from like nine to 12, here are some things that you're going to see happen. They're probably going to go outside. They may go to the activity room for some extra gross motor. Um, They might do a teach something sort of teacher led, but it's done in a small group. Um, so, you know, I think it's a combination of looking at your schedule in more sort of chunks of the day and then kind of thinking more about experiences versus having activities. Mm -hmm. So Elena, when you said the activities and the free play all kind of look like the same thing, what, what does that mean? Um, I totally agree with Laura in the experiences. Um, We do have lesson plans in the classroom that I work in. Um, We are, in my opinion, we're blessed to have what we call an emergent curriculum, Mm -hmm. which means basically we observe the children to see what they are doing and how they are doing it and what they're interested in. And then we base our lesson plans off of those interests. So that's already setting us... um, ahead for success because we know that they're going to be interested. Um, So we have a variety of manipulatives out for the children to use whenever they feel like it, but we also offer experiences at the table um, that I don't want to say more structured, Mm -hmm. but this is what we're going to be doing at the table at this time. We're painting or we're working with glue or we've got all the Play-Doh tools out right here, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's similar to what, that's similar to what we do. Mm So I was just asked about paint. That was one of the questions was someone asked me if um, having paint out with toddlers was realistic. And I think she was talking about um, sort of having it out in an art center where it was always available, mm-hmm. um, which I think can work. It, it takes a lot of work to get it to a point where it can work without being sort of hovered over all the time. Right. Adults. But so, um, so Elena, when it, when you paint in your, with your toddlers, what does it, what's it, how's it go? What's it look like? Or what do you do with them? Um, well, it really depends on the, day we do it a variety of different ways and it depends on how many are interested um and what kind of um tools we're going to be using we could use our easel and that's more for one or two children to be painting and that's full body that's paintbrush smock they're going to go from the top to the bottom and they could stand there as long as they want to stand there i've had um some children stay for 15 minutes and when they're done they are covered head to toe in paint (laughs) it's not uncommon at all Uh uh-huh um also we have smaller scale painting where i am if you're a good multitasker, you're <laughs> able to have four or five children sitting at a table with their paper in front of them and a little styrofoam bowl of paint for them to hold, each one of them to hold mm-hmm. with their own paintbrush and them able to paint whatever they want to. And when they're done, they get up and wash their hands and they're done. And that could take anywhere from one or two minutes up to... 10, as long mm-hmm. as they decide that they want to paint, they can. Yeah. And, it's and if an they don't want to paint, they aren't 
No, like, yeah, absolutely not. Um, this is a life is supposed to be fun. <laughs> Everything is a brand new experience. And so why would I, as um, a quote unquote teacher, want to shove something at them that they're not ready for? Mm -hmm. And I do have um, a little boy right now who is absolutely not interested in anything sensory. Um, <laughs> to the point that you say, would you like to paint? And he literally walks backward, shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> We're like, okay, never mind. Um, but then over the weeks and months of watching everyone else do it, within the last week or two, he's been starting to participate. So uh -huh. that's pretty exciting for uh -huh. him. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Can I give you one of my favorite tips with toddlers and paint? Yeah. I got this a long time ago, and it's just one of my tried and true, like, for those teachers who really, really struggle with, like, getting out paint. So you take your cups and you cut a circle of um, a sponge to fit in the bottom of your cup and you soak that sponge with some paint and they can dip their brush in and get it on the sponge. Oh yeah. And that way when they, one, they don't get globs and globs of paint. It gives them just enough mm -hmm. that they can brush it on some paper and it's not this giant mess. Mm -hmm. Cause mm -hmm. I think what happens is, is we're, we're really afraid of like the big mess. Yeah. That's some people are. Yeah. Some people are. Some people are. <laughs> but I know that in the past, some of the toddler teachers I've worked with, yeah. it's always been like, you know, I don't know how to handle the mess when I'm still trying to handle the kids. And, mm -hmm. you know, when one person does it, it's like, you know, they all herd together. Cause then like all of a sudden you have six toddlers like, Oh, hey, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. well, it's and really hard to manage. And that's when you and your co-teacher need to have a, you know, re some really good communication on how you're going to work Absolutely. it out. But that sponge trick works really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and those are, I think those are two, we just had two really good examples of the idea of following the child's lead in, in the stance metaphor or whatever. So one is the, Elena, what you were talking about with the emergent curriculum where you're only planning for things that you've seen interest in. Um, <laughs> And, and again, watching how they're using the paint then. And some of them don't want to do it and we respect that. And others want to do it for 20 minutes. And as much as we can, we respect that and we allow that. And um, but even Laura, when you're talking about, you know, maybe your co-teacher is not as comfortable with the mess as you are. And how do we work through that? I think that's mm -hmm. part of the, the dance of being in a toddler room too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's a huge part of the dance is that you and whoever you're with, you know, have those conversations, you know, are you involving your co-teacher in those lesson plans, mm -hmm. you know, so that you could talk about, well, hey, this is the day I was thinking about getting out, you know, the paint and doing some work around, you know, color mixing, maybe, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you want to be involved in that? Or if I'm over here with a couple, would you be fine, you know, just kind of you know, being involved and interacting and them, you know, mm -hmm. working around the room kind yeah. of thing. I was really bad at that when I had co-teachers. <laughs> I just kind of brought out <laughs> the mess and just knew that I would be the one cleaning it up. And if they didn't yeah. want to be there, that was fine. But I wasn't very good at preparing. See, <laughs> 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 so that's what I would say is probably. Though. Yeah. What, Elena? 
I would say that's probably the most important aspect of the dance is dancing with your co-teacher mm -hmm. because in my toddler world, I know that they, the 10 of them are in charge and we're just here to navigate the situation. And so if she and I are able to dance together appropriately without stepping on each other's toes, it makes everything so much more smooth. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but with painting again <laughs> and sensory, I would say if you're afraid of it, the best thing to do would be do it every single day. <laughs> Immersion <And> therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can paint and have your water table or your rice table or have two mutually exciting activities open at the same time and you do it every single day, it's not going to be as crazy as the first yeah. time. Yeah, because Laura, you talked about how when the paint's out, they all want to be in the paint. And so that's a really right. good idea is to make sure that we have it's not just one new exciting yep. thing available. And that's usually like, especially when I was working as a coach for Paths to Quality, you know, one of the pieces of criteria is in the toddlers and twos is that they had, you know, these materials available for young children mm -hmm. um, and accessible. And that was one that we always had to work a lot on because they're like, well, I get out the markers and then all of a sudden, like there's markers everywhere mm -hmm. and they all want them. And which that's probably true because it's new and it's exciting. So if it, it does become just part of your daily routine that, you know, after you've cleaned up after breakfast and children are finding things to do, that you're always getting out the markers and have multiple tubs of markers, <laughs> then it doesn't become like this new exciting experience. And sure, they might all want to come and sit down. That's cool. Then then do that for a while. And then all of a sudden, other they're going to find other things that they want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that it's really this very delicate balance of really paying attention to what they want to do, offering things that you know, are exciting and new. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes for toddlers, they're new every day. But it's <laughs> right. thing. You know, I mean. Yeah. Hey, producer Jeff here. Heather asked me to break this episode into two parts and it's hard to find the exact right place to do it. So I picked some place in the middle and did the best I could. Heather will be back next week with the rest of this great toddler conversation. So tune in for that. And thank you for supporting the show. Bye-bye. And that's the show. Now go get your nerd on. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh...